0: Adventure Calendar of Mr. Timothy Hope A Christmas Expedition in 24 Letters 23rd December My dear Lady Misericordia, I hope this letter finds you well. I hope that you will at least be happy that I have evidently survived the night more or less intact. But, oh, what a night! Was it really only those few hours ago? The whole thing seems already like some fantastic dream. A strange and wonderful fairy tale that could not surely have happened to me. We worked like fiends all day yesterday. Harry and Alf and Tom and I. But work as we might, we could not hold back the hands of the clock. The day seemed to pass too quickly, and we found ourselves gathering what we had created into the dining hall, as everyone else gathered for supper. Nicholas greeted us with amusement. Stop all that fussing and come and have something to eat you too. "'You must be famished. "'He ushered us to our seats, "'although I, for one, was feeling so nervous "'about what the night might bring "'that I could barely think of food. "'Oh, I do like these clockwork soldiers!' "'He knelt down between the tables and wound one up, "'letting it march along the flagstones "'as the people around him watched. "'Simply marvellous! "'Have you seen these, your lordship?' "'Soon both he and Lord Daunt "'were on their hands and knees among the eating workers, "'arranging their soldiers into ranks and preparing the artillery. I say, Hope, offered Lord Daunt from under a chair, these steam-powered pea-shooters are really quite the thing. His head popped up from behind a table. Imagine one full size, an armoured engine with a steam-powered gun. Quite the thing, quite the thing. Smart thinking, lad, smart thinking. And he disappeared once again. Harry and I watched them open-mouthed, unable to understand how anyone could play so happily with toys, knowing that the madman Oxshot could attack us at any moment. And indeed, before Nicholas or his lordship could even try any small skirmishes, a terrified worker came rushing into the room and ran to Nicholas to whisper into his ear. "'Ah!' he said, straightening up. "'Apparently someone has broken into the stables. "'I think perhaps your friend has come to visit us again.' "'I don't suppose you'd like to see what he wants?' "'No, I wouldn't,' I said. "'I already know. "'Quick, everyone, to your places!' "'At this, all the assembled workers jumped up "'and, following orders from Alf and Tom, "'cleared the long tables away to either side of the hall, "'upending them to make shields of the tabletops, "'lining a passage down the middle of the room with wooden walls "'as more of them clambered up the columns "'to the galleries that overhung three sides of the room. "'As the tables went,' Daunts and Nicholas's toy armies were revealed, two wings of clockwork soldiers, steam-driven artillery and tin cavalry, drawn up in serried ranks facing the doors. And in the middle knelt Nicholas, still arranging horsemen into a V formation, ready for the charge. Harry and I swept the cutlery and place settings from our top table and turned it over in the archway that led to Nicholas's smaller dining room, sealing off the room as a last line of defence. I leant over the barrier and called to our host... "'Nicholas, back here, behind the table. "'It'll be the safest place.' "'But I'll miss the bottle,' he replied, smiling, "'and then gestured to Alf. "'One moment, please.' "'He whispered something to the little man, "'who nodded and scurried away out of the room, "'carrying a plate of food. "'Soon, however, I felt a breeze of cold air "'that must mean a door had been opened somewhere. "'Thank goodness! "'At least he was taking the danger seriously enough "'to prepare an escape route.' Nicholas showed no signs of wanting to escape, though, as he continued shuffling toy soldiers around on the floor. All else was silent except for the clicking as he wound up the clockwork. The workers, hidden behind their wooden walls, held their breath, waiting, listening for whatever was coming. And it was coming. We could hear it. At first nothing more than a dim, afar far-off banging and crashing, but gradually the sound came nearer. Something heavy and careless, was coming, blundering through Yulu and it was singing as it came. At first I thought it was just a roaring, howling noise, but gradually I began to make out words, if not really quite a tune. Words bellowed with a ghastly cheerfulness, the same refrain repeated over and over again. All I want for Christmas is to teeth, is to fronteeth, "'His two front teeth, all I want for Christmas is his two front teeth, his two front teeth, his two front teeth.' "'And then, with a resounding rattle and boom, the doors to the dining hall burst open, "'and there, monstrous in the flaring light, was Oxshot. "'If possible, he looked even more wild than he had the previous evening. "'His hair and beard were now rimed with frost.' so that a jagged crown of icicles stuck out around his head, glittering. The fur lining of his clothes stuck out all over, making him look like some woolly wild man of the mountains. Steam rose from him in the warm room, wreathing him in a mist that moved with him, curling about his legs, making him seem to appear in a puff of smoke like an evil magician in a pantomime. He stopped in the doorway appearing not to notice the walls of wood or the toy army, having eyes only for Nicholas, as the old man knelt in the middle of the room. You! Oxshot roared. I've changed my mind. I don't want a train set anymore. I want your head. And with that, he leapt forward into the room. Nicholas! Nicholas! I shouted, and without thinking, clambered over the tabletop and fell into the dining hall, scrambling towards our new friend, desperate to pull him back to safety. Behind me, fortunately, I heard Harry, with much greater presence of mind than I, shout, "'Open fire!' And at that, our allies swung into action. Down from the galleries, all around us, dropped a storm of paper planes, all tipped with the sharp points from compass sets, all swooping down towards Oxshot in a great white flurry. For a moment... disappeared in a rustling cloak of paper, but then with a thunderous yell he shook them all off, leaving himself spotted about with little red dots of pinpricks. Then a great shower of arrows sprang up from behind the tables, curving over our heads at him, covering him with each hit in a light dusting of itching powder. But this only made him more angry, and he flicked them away, roaring and shaking his head wildly. Finally, Nicholas released the steam-driven cannon around him, and they puffed forward, popping out hard peas that rattled off the ice that sheathed Oxshot with a sound like gravel on glass. Growling, he waded forward as the clockwork soldiers stabbed at his ankles, kicking out left and right, and sending tin horses and riders scattering across the flagstones. As Oxshot advanced, I finally got hold of Nicholas's coat and tried to drag him back, away from the lunatic. But the man must have been rooted to the spot with fear, as he wouldn't budge. There was nothing for it, and I quickly scrambled in front of him, shielding him with my body as Oxshott snorting out like a steam engine, came stomping up to us. Out of my way, teacher! He roared, his face savage and contorted. Never! I gulped. Oxshott's face twisted into a smile. A brave teacher. Well, well, I never. That'll make an interesting head for my collection. And with that... He slapped me across the face with the back of his hand, sending me sprawling back against Nicholas's broad chest. And then he reached behind him and pulled out from his belt a long, keen machete that sparkled with ice all along its blade. Lift your chin up, man. I want to try to do this in one blow. You'll have to go through me first shouted a voice, and to my horror, Harry had leapt over the table wall and bounded in between us, glaring at Ockshot in defiance. Ockshot laughed in his face. You think I'd worry about killing a boy? he snarled. Perhaps not, said Harry. But what about a woman? And with that, he swept off his cap, and down fell a great glowing sweep of red hair. And in that moment, I realised where I'd seen Harry before. Harry wasn't Harry at all. She was Henrietta, Professor Cumulus's daughter. Oxshot reeled back in surprise. In fact, I think everyone did. I certainly heard Lord Daunt gasp, and the Professor himself shout out in fright, but I had no time to think about them. I had just had one of the realisations that I spoke about earlier, and without a moment's hesitation, I sprang forward. "'catching hold of Henrietta, the marvellous, brave Henrietta, "'and pushed her behind me. Oxshot shook his head and gathered himself. "'Teachers, schoolgirls, none of you can stop me,' he snarled. "'Nothing can stop me now!' "'And he roared like a bear. "'No, no, he didn't. "'He stood, frozen to the spot, "'and something else roared again, like a bear.' just like a bear, just like, in fact, the gigantic polar bear that reared up behind him in the doorway, snuffing the air. Then it dropped to all fours again with a thump that rocked the room and roared once more. Ockshot swung round, a crazed look in his eye, but before he could raise his machete, the bear, with an offhand careless movement, swung out with one massive paw and punched him squarely on the nose. The baronet went flying sideways, bouncing off an upturned table and collapsing headlong among the ruins of the defeated tin army on the floor. The bear sniffed at him, curiously, and then turned its head as someone whistled from the corridor behind, and there was Alf, carrying a steaming pot of stew. The bear turned with astonishing adroitness and shambled after him as Alf led the way out of the room. A sudden silence. "'flooded the room after the tempest of the battle. "'The only noise, the ticking of fallen soldiers, "'and the hissing of crushed artillery. "'And in that silence, Baronet Oxshott raised his bloodied head and said, "'Hello. I'm Roderick. Is that your steam engine? "'I've always wanted one of them. Can I have a go?' "'and I felt a small, friendly, womanly hand slip into mine "'and a welcome head of red hair on my shoulder "'as the room burst into thunderous applause. "'Everyone has gone to bed now, "'but my mind is still all so much of a whirl, "'and my nose throbs something fierce where Oxshot hit it. "'What an extraordinary, wild night we have had! "'But how many mysteries still remain?' How did Henrietta manage to pull off such a brilliant disguise right under our noses? Why has the Professor brought us here? What peculiar plan is our host carrying out, and who exactly is the wonderful Nicholas? But for all my confusion, I have been working and thinking hard for the last two days, and fighting for my life for the last two hours, and I think, perhaps, I ought to try and rest a little. Yours... Exhausted but still breathing, Timothy Hope Esquire, Tudor. The Adventure Calendar of Mr Timothy Hope was written by Tobias Sturt and was read by John Millington and illustrated by Amanda Gray. The theme music was On a Christmas Morning by Prince's Orchestra from dawnofsound.com. Find out more at timothyhope.com.